Thanks for downloading this show from PC1. Before we get rolling, here's a word from one of the folks who helped bring you this podcast. The following program is a podcast1.com production. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where we're devoted to you coming up with ways to save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. And speaking of rip-offs, I get intensely angry when people rip off the elderly. I have new information for you I'm going to share with you in today's Clark Rageous Moment, coming up in just 20. And in a half hour from now, I'm going to share something crazy with you about a new way that things are likely to be delivered to you in the not-too-distant future, and it's not by drone. I talk right now about something that's been on my mind since I got a call a few weeks ago from someone who was one step away from being absolutely ripped off on putting solar in at his house. The caller was asking me questions about putting the solar in and only as an aside mentioned how much the quote was. And I asked him if he lived in a giant mansion and he laughed because he was being charged or quoted what was probably four times what a solar panel system should have been at his house. And so often, when people decide they're going to get solar, they're talking to one salesperson and going with whatever that salesperson says. Not a good idea. Solar, on the other hand, has become potentially a great idea because the cost of the panels has dropped and dropped and dropped to the point where solar, for the power you generate, costs basically 10% of what it was just a few years ago. It's phenomenal how much cheaper it is. But the cost is not alone in the panels. You need the company to design a system for your roof, pay for their overhead, pay for their installers, all of that. And so... You need to know that getting multiple quotes is key. The formula is widely available on the internet to figure out how many panels are appropriate for your house. And then you can get quotes from multiple companies from Energy Sage, which is kind of like a kayak.com for solar power. Energy Sage, S-A-G-E, dot com. And so you're able to do comparison shopping, company to company, like for like, in terms of how much solar you'd be generating at your house. Right now, there's a massive oversupply of solar panels. The manufacturers built too many. And that has even depressed the price of panels more than they would be otherwise right now. And the efficiency of the panels has gotten so much better. 
One thing that I would stay away from are deals where you're offered the opportunity to lease panels, lease your roof. I don't recommend that. If you don't have the money to pay for the system, there's a case where financing it. 30% of the cost of the system you put in, you get back as a federal tax credit. In some states, there's an additional state credit. And today, you can even go to the step of having batteries that during the hours of the day where you're generating more solar, more power than you can use at your house, you store the excess on batteries at your garage, in your garage, and then when the sun goes down, you then get power from the batteries. It's fantastic. And I've been a believer in solar from before it made economic sense. That makes me a a partisan for it. So when I first put solar in, I was a pioneer that paid too much money to make it possible for you to get the benefit of putting in solar now. Think about it. It's great having almost no power bill at all. Jason joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Jason. Hey, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Jason. You're trying to help a friend. What's the scoop? I am. Thanks so much for taking my call. And Certainly. Thanks for everything you do for uh, all of us consumers out here. Thank you. Um, yeah, I have a friend, and um, she uh, went through a divorce this last year and just finally um, got to the point where she uh, has received her payment out of the, the 401k settlement. And um, she's trying to figure out what to do with it. She's got a She's got to get it out of the plan that it's currently being held in, because um, that's with her uh, ex-husband's prior company. And then she also has um, about sixteen thousand dollars in um, in a personal loan that she has to pay back from some property taxes and um, attorney's fees from the divorce. So the money coming from the four hundred one k, it will be to her advantage to put it straight into her own IRA to. Uh, limit the taxes i assume the the agreement was drawn and the transfer will occur as potentially a tax-free transfer from him to her correct yeah so they've already moved it into an account with in her name and she's got the 60 days to to move it out of the account that it's in into her into her own ira all right so key provision of the law is that it needs to move where it's known as trustee to trustee where they do not send her a check. Because if they, okay. if they send her a check, there will be 20% of the amount of the 401k that's supposed to go to her that will be held back, and she will have to make that up on her own within 60 days, or she'll be subject to a big penalty and a tax. On the other hand, if the money goes right from the holding account at the 401k provider directly to where she's going to have her IRA, then it's a non-taxable event in its entirety. Okay. Would it make sense for her to look at um, doing any type of a Roth or leaving it in a traditional IRA? No, especially with you telling me she's got the personal loan she's got to deal with and all that. If she were to take it and make it uh, classified as Roth money, she would have to pay tax, no penalty, but tax on all the money. And it, it would normally be a, a good thing to do if her income is depressed 
with everything going on with the divorce, but it would be probably an impossible thing to do right now with her already being stretched and owing on the personal loan. Yeah, because, I mean, the only way for her to pay the personal loan is for her to liquefy some of the the $72,000 that she's getting. Well, that's a yuck here because <laughs> yeah, that's not good tax-wise. So if she um, she moves it all into her own IRA, and then if she takes out, you said the, the personal loan was 17000 Yeah, 16000 16. Yeah. So if she moves sixteen out, that will trigger the tax and penalty only on that 16k not on the whole thing but this is one of those cases where it would be really good for her to go spend an hour with a CPA who does tax okay and talk about all the various bring her divorce settlement to to the CPA and sit down with him or her and go through all the tax angles because what happens often following a divorce is there's a very linear focus well there's this and there's that and the other and you're only thinking of them in their own box but you got to think wider because there are any of a number of things that may be contained in that divorce settlement or, or the divorce agreement that would actually be to her advantage to handle a way other than what you're thinking right now or she's thinking right now and that's why getting professional advice at this point before any money's distributed or spent would be a great idea. And best her divorce is, is tough financially. It's also very tough emotionally. And I wish her a speedy recovery on both grounds. Raghu is with us on the Clark Howard Show. How are you today? I've been wonderful, Clark. How are you? Great, thank you. You have a question about something that has been hanging in your life the last four years. Tell me about it. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, my home went on foreclosure. That was uh, in March 2011. But I see the banks are still reporting on my credit report, though. Not so, as a foreclosure, but as a loan currently in delinquency? Um, yes. Um, they have reported as foreclosure in one of the credit unions, but on the other two, they've said late payment late over 120 days. But wow. uh, the balance the balance date on one of the bank is uh, August 2014, and the other bank was uh, March 2015. So every month they are still reporting. I wanted to know how would it affect my credit going forward. That's that's and, brutal for you if they're right. still reporting it as a current, as a active loan in delinquency when the loan died at the time of the foreclosure in 2011. I followed that right, didn't I? So what do I do, though? What you have to do, you have a a new part-time job. With your credit report, there will be a dispute form. Right. And you dispute the two postings on there that are obviously incorrect. And the grounds for challenging them being on the report is that this is a property, obviously, that was foreclosed on four years ago. This cannot be a loan that's in current, uh, that is currently an existing loan with a delinquent status. Okay. And so those need to go away. And then what will be on there for the next three years 
is that foreclosure and that is something that will be hurtful to you having that foreclosure there but having the foreclosure plus them showing that you're delinquent right now is terrible in combination and that's why the truth is the truth you have the foreclosure but that's the, where the harm should be and that should be it and I hear the, the credit report police coming towards you right now well, that's loud sirens, Ragu. Um, with that challenge form, you'll challenge those on there. If they come back after the 30 days and the credit bureau says, oh, well, we, we checked and verified, don't wait for that 30 days. As you dispute it, you contact the two lenders that are reporting you as delinquent, and you say, I've disputed these items with my report. You need to change what you're reporting to the credit bureau. So you notify them at the same time you dispute with the credit bureau, and it's it's a slog. It's not like you snap your fingers and they'll take care of it, but that is the proper way to do it is you work two tracks at once with disputing with the credit bureau and the lender themselves who's doing the false reporting. It's been 15 years since I discovered that my mom was having money stolen from her and she's been deceased for a year, and it still upsets me about people taking advantage of my mom. And it's the topic of today's Clark Rageous Moment. Scams, rip-offs, outrages. It's a Clark Rageous Moment. This is a problem that continues all over the country where people exploit people as they get older, steal from them any of a number of ways. And my mom lost very little money because I was there. You know, I was checking up on what was going on with her, and we all did so as siblings. So the financial harm was relatively small. But there are many cases where maybe... Adult children live elsewhere in the country. Maybe they don't check on their mom or dad or or parents often enough. And a swindler will get in there and start stealing money. And it could be any of a number of people. could even be a relative stealing money from parents, from your parents. And one thing that has been terrible around the country, there's a woman whose mom had a lot of money stolen from her and i talked about amy once before she has been lobbying hard to get states to pass laws specifically on elder financial abuse and they were considered last year according to a new york times article i saw in 33 of the 50 states but it would be great if we had laws that dealt punishment and dealt punishment severely to people who take advantage of senior citizens as they age, where their uh, mental facilities may be slipping bit by bit and not enough for people to notice, or they may be lonely, or they may be too trusting. And generally, the laws aren't written in a way to deal with this in most of the country, and that is terrible. The most important message I want you to have 
is be nosy in your parents' lives as they get older. As you notice they start repeating themselves or forgetting things. Oh, gosh. My wife could already say, I must be slipping. Because I forget things and repeat myself. My TV producer's always laughing because she said, you know, you told me that story two weeks ago. So... (laughs) You never know when that happens. But the thing is, be involved. Be aware. And if you notice things, don't look the other way. Because you don't want your parents to end up destitute. Okay, here are some really surprising car facts for you. In Churchill, Canada, residents leave their cars unlocked. That's in case someone needs to escape a polar bear. It's true. And in Sweden, drivers are required by law to keep their headlights on at all times. Day, night, rain, sunshine, doesn't matter. And now, here's another interesting and actually helpful thing about cars that you might not know. TrueCar also helps people get used cars. That's right. TrueCar isn't just for new cars. Their certified dealer network also has an inventory of over 700,000 pre-owned cars nationwide. So whether you're looking for a new or used car you can get real pricing on actual inventory and a better buying experience through the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. Oh yeah, here's another fun fact. TrueCar customers can see if they're getting a good or great price before they buy. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying process when they connect with their TrueCar Certified Dealers. So when you're ready to buy that car, new or used, visit TrueCar and enjoy a better car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Thanks for being with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Our website's clark.com. When you have a question, clark.com slash ask. I am obsessed with robotics, just something about me, and I'm especially Excited, as you know, about self-driving cars and most excited about self-driving trucks and vehicles of various types and sizes. The number of lives that will be saved and the efficiency is tremendous. But there's something else that's going on that I haven't been paying attention to, and that's tests taking place all over the country of delivery robots. Okay, this is is crazy, so stick with me. There are vehicles that look like, if you ever saw the movie Blank Man, there was a spoof on superhero movies. Blank Man... It was the Wayans brothers. Joel, you're looking it up now. I wonder what uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it as a rating. Isn't that the movie review site? Yeah, and it it did not score well in Rotten Tomatoes. 13% on the tomato meter. Well, anyway, (laughs) I thought it was funny. So there was this character named Blank Man who was the superhero. And he had this robot that looked like a wash basket on wheels. 
And believe it or not, with cameras built into it and all that, what year was that movie made? Let's see if it says on there. Because they were really forward-thinking. 1994. 94. So a generation ago. Good for the writer, the screenwriter of that movie. Because now there are things that are being built by any of a number of companies that are these devices that run on uh, almost like um, tractor wheels. And they're able to climb steps. They're able to deal with curbs. They have radar and cameras around them. That stuff's so cheap now. And they can deliver packages and stuff to you in suburban and urban settings, principally urban settings. I mean, this is great stuff. And we are going to have so many things like that in the next couple of years that we're going to go from thinking it's stupid to thinking it's neat to just saying, why is it taking so long for my order to come to me. It's been four minutes since I ordered. The labor savings, tremendous. And you wonder, I use tremendous in this twice. What am I, President Trump? Anyway, so you wonder, what's going to happen to the people who do delivery? I will tell you again that with technology and the change coming, there's always disruption in the workplace. But there's always other things that take the place of the jobs that are displaced. The transitions, the tough part. Sandy's with us. Hello, Sandy. How are you doing? Hey, I'm fine. Sandy, how can I be of help to you and your husband? Well, Clark, um, we actually, my husband was laid off as of March uh, 31st. And I'm we sorry. are over 55. Okay. Um, we had a 401k invested in our company. And I've gotten all the paperwork from the company that I can't really understand completely. But apparently I'm supposed to roll over things into an IRA account. Is that, you don't is that what I'm have supposed to, to do? You don't have to. That's okay. why it's confusing. If your okay. husband had, how much money did he have in the 401k at the company he was laid off from? We have about 130000 He can 401k. leave it right there. Wait, in the 401k? Yeah, yeah he can leave it there even though he's no longer employed there. We can, okay. Yeah. So you so don't have to it, complicate your life if you don't okay. want to. Should we, the other thing that I was asking or needed to ask about, should we take some of that money and put it in a Roth IRA? Well... If you convert it to a Roth, you can do that. You have to pay tax on it as if it but was withdrawn. we could still withdrawn. leave it in and it could still grow and right. it wouldn't be taxed. Is that, even, is that an option I should even think about or should I just leave it in the 401k? So if he's lost his job, would you have the funds to draw on to pay that tax bill? I think we would. Uh, if we paid, if in Roth IRA we could invest like until tomorrow, I think we could invest, 
we can invest for both me and my husband for the Roth IRA, correct? For the Well, you I can you can do that for last year anyway, but you're also permitted with the 401k if you were to roll it over into an IRA, you mm-hmm. can then immediately reclassify it as Roth money and then you just pay tax on it for converting. But you're talking about you said over $100,000? Yeah, and so it would be you'd be looking at a lot of tax. Isn't that the single, um, they tax it at the single rate? They tax it at your, your uh, you file married filing jointly? Yes, we do, So sir. they would tax you as if it was additional income in this year. So okay. especially with him having been laid off, unless you're just rolling in money and, no, and savings or whatever. No, we're not rolling. I yeah. mean, we're pretty, we're, I'm, I've been listening to you for many, many years, and you've been an inspiration to me, but we're not rolling in money. <laughs> well, but you're doing okay, but maybe right now is not the best time to incur a big tax bill. But I want okay. to go back to something. I want to make sure I heard something right about the 401k. Okay. The 401k, was it in any of... Uh, your husband's former employer's stock? No. It was um, the company that he worked for. Um, we could manipulate it through one of the online big trading houses and put it, and it's completely vested, I believe is the word, where it's all our money. Okay. We, we could invest it however we wanted to invest it. All right. So if you want right now not to, um, not to have to deal with the complexity you can just leave it be. And that okay. should be one of the options that they gave in that confusing document you received. It was horribly confusing. <laughs> yeah, well, it's written by finance people and lawyers. Okay. But you have an, uh, pretty much an automatic right under federal law to leave it there. The theory is that often the cost that a 401k plan will have, not always, but generally will be lower than they'll be if you individually try to manage money. Now, an exception to that would be if you're a big Vanguard kind of person. Am I allowed to say which which one we're with? Uh, Where you have your money now? Yes. Sure, go ahead. Fidelity. All right, Fidelity is a very good company. They they are low to mid price as a company. That's that's where you have your Roth now, or is that where the 401k is? the, The 401k. Okay, so that's just fine. You can leave it with Fidelity in the 401k with the employer, and that would be a very good choice. So is your husband going planning to go back to work again, or is he going to just take this as a signal to retire? Well, we still have um, children that we have to put through college. He's Um, going back to work. We've gotten six through college so far and one left. Um, Seven kids! And you've managed to save money all along the way? Yes. Well, I want you to be inspired by listening to Sandy. Seven kids, all the expenses involved with seven kids, and still managing to save money as a family? That means you can do it, too. Daniel is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you. You have a crazy question to ask me. Uh, yeah, I'm just uh, looking into uh, solar systems, and I was looking at some of the uh, some of the mountain solar systems versus some of the independent solar systems that actually uh, track the sun and that are reportedly forty percent more efficient. Yeah, you know, if you look at the big industrial 
uh, use solar installations, which is really what they call utility-scale solar that is taking over the solar business. You know, residential placement solar has become a teensy tiny part of solar because now utilities have figured out that they can generate power from the sun or, depending where in the country, from the wind at cost-effective levels versus traditional methods of power generation like coal or natural gas. And so the systems they're installing utility scale, some do rotate with the sun, but others are fixed panels because the additional expense and the more important, the additional maintenance involved with systems that rotate to capture more of the sun through the day as the sun travels across the sky. Or I guess we really travel. It looks like the sun's traveling across the sky. We rotate. That the cost of doing something that rotates may be too expensive on both of those grounds. The initial upfront and the greater likelihood that your solar install will break down or need heavy maintenance. And that's why it's not generally used for utility scale anymore and very uncommon for residential. You've seen the new, uh, some of the the new companies are coming out with uh, residential-based, you know, uh, uh, systems like that, even even that have battery packs. It looks like it's fairly new to the U.S., but um, looks fairly promising. I just kind of wanted to get your take on it. Well, I um, love I love the idea because you know as they capture more and more of the efficiency of the sun, and then storing in the battery packs, you have situations like maybe um, somebody has a hunting cabin or a fishing cabin or something like that where it would have been impractical to have any form of utilities there and you'd really be roughing it, now with these inexpensive on-site systems with the battery pack backup, you potentially can have power there without being on the grid. And that's why this is potentially so appealing. Right. What kind of money are you looking at for... So is it is it a single family home? What kind of dwelling are you looking at for doing something that would be potentially off grid? Uh, no, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be off grid. It's it's more along the lines. Right now, I don't need a new roof, and but I, I might need a new roof in the the near future. So if I have anything that's mounted on the roof, you have to think about um, replacing that roof. Um, the and then you know I'm, I'm actually concerned about some of the the heat generated from these solar panels. So you um, would look at installing one on the ground. I have that. We have right. one that's installed on a hillside at our house where it's what they call a solar farm, you know, where the panels are there and then it hooks in to our house. So yeah, I, I'm I a big thinking, fan of that. I was thinking about that compared to, say, the new, the new like, solar shingles that are coming out. All right. So you're a pioneer. Let's Let's say that up front. When you're looking at the new things that'll rotate and that have battery backup built into them. Um, you're talking about the new solar shingles that are coming that would, when you replace your roof, you just do all shingles. You were in an experimental thing, and there's a phrase that I've used way too many times, Daniel. Do you know this phrase? 
Have you heard me use this? That uh, pioneers get slaughtered so settlers can get rich? <laughs> so you would no, be a pioneer, and if you believe in this and you're willing to be a pioneer, don't try to look at it strictly from dollars and cents. Look at it as your part of bringing about the change that allows us to move away from traditional energy to where we're generating energy from the sun and the wind and who knows what else. And, you know, I'm that same spirit, that same mindset. I love it. Tommy is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Tommy, you are interested in an organization that says they're going to help you make money in investing. And how do they help you make money in investing? Binary options. Okay. So the idea is they're giving you, this is one of the buy-sell kind of things for investing? Uh, yes. It's Presley runs automatically. Yeah. So they're using options trading as a way they limit your losses if you don't exercise an option, but if it scores that you make an obscene return exercising an option that you've purchased with the system, is that the idea? Well, I mean, it runs automatically. It's either positive, I mean, it gains or it loses. Okay. And you bet on one of those, and it supposedly does it for you. And this is when you just pay the people for their system, you put your money in, and then you're doing continuous buys and sells, but it's done with program trading. Now they're actually free programs, but I have to buy a brokerage account or start a brokerage account, which I think is about $250 to put in. And then what's your ongoing cost to be involved with the buy-sell system? I believe it's free. Okay, and how did you find out about this? Um, I got an email from one, and then I Googled it and binary options and came up with another. Yeah, there are a number of organizations right now that claim that they have figured out how to do um, computerized trading that will generate very nice returns for you. So the question I have, if they really feel that they have figured the system out, why would they bring you in on it, which would lower their odds as people who've come up with the system of making big returns for themselves? They don't need you. Okay. So, so and I would, I would tell you, you need to dig further with any of the program uh, trading systems. Where is it that, that they're making money from you? What is their angle? Because they're not running a charity, and the cost you talked about for investing and using a system to invest is essentially free. $250 is nothing. So you got more homework to do because I have never been a believer in any of these program buy and sell things. You need to find out how the money really passes hands. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans proudly supports this podcast. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust, someone who's got your best interests in mind. 
And with Rocket Mortgage, you'll get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork. With Rocket Mortgage, you can securely share your financial info to get a mortgage approval in just minutes. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure that you get the mortgage solution that's right for you. So whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. Skip the bank. Skip the waiting. Go completely online at quickenloans.com slash save. That's quickenloans.com slash S-A-V-E. Let Rocket Mortgage help you get the exact mortgage solution that you need. Go to quickenloans.com slash save. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. I'm so grateful for you joining us here on the Clark Howard Show. This show is about all of us together learning from each other, empowered with knowledge so that we can keep more of what we make. Clark.com is our website, and Clark.com is also where you go to give me feedback when you feel that I'm not doing a good job, that I'm giving bad advice, bad guidance. My opinions are out of line. I need that feedback from you so I can serve you better. The forum for that's called Clark Stinks. And so when you go to Clark Stinks, you can read what other people are saying, start your own thread of comments. Others may, in fact, react to what you post. And then weekly, Krista, our executive producer, goes through... uh, Krista, your producer. I keep trying to promote you, Krista. Sorry, Kim is our executive producer. Sorry, Kim. Anyway, Krista goes through your posts on Clark Stinks and shares highlights with you right here on the air. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. Promoted and demoted all in three seconds, Thanks a lot, man. Thanks a lot. Okay. Odor communicates. Clark communicates. What do the two have in common? Milk past its date makes my nose wrinkle, but I listen to its message. When Mr. Clark Howard starts to talk about driving self-driving cars, my nose wrinkles to the point I have to sneeze. My message for him is technology stinks in so many ways. On last on Tuesday of last week, these things happen. Waze tried to take me the long way to the office instead of the shortest course, the same course I've driven every weekday since I downloaded the app. Coming home that night, Waze looked like it was having a heart attack. I'm on the interstate and it shows me in the parking lot on a side street driving southbound. I was going northbound. I finally had to turn Krista, it off. Krista, would you please stop posting on Clark That did happen just, to me with Waze. Yeah. Next thing, I tried to update an Excel spreadsheet, but the data I entered wouldn't appear until I found a workaround. I had to change from normal view to page view before the the data would appear. Of course, I could turn it off and then turn it back on again. And then the eyesight function on my Subaru turned itself off several times during my morning commute. And then twice during the workday, I had to reset my iPhone. It locked up attempting attempting to open an app. I, for one, will not turn my vehicle over to be driven by a computer until software performance comes up to the level of my first car. I only had to turn it on and off when I wanted to go somewhere or when I got where I was going. In my opinion, Mr. Clark Howard would stink less... 
if he spoke more about raising the quality of today's technology and less about mediocre technology, we will be turning off tomorrow. First of all, calling me Mr. Three Times, that is a clear violation of the Clark Howard Show. I'm just plain simple, Clark. When my daughter turned 15 and she had a driver's learner's permit, I took her to a corner and we got out, parked the car, got out, and we just watched the way people drove through a busy intersection. And you talk about the imperfection of software. The average American driver is very imperfect. And I would take the automation that's coming into cars way before I would take the typical American driver. By the way, I so traumatized my daughter looking at that intersection that the next three months she would not drive through that intersection because we as humans, we're just not very good at the driving. Not a stinker, but the other day Clark said that his favorite credit card is the Amex offered by Fidelity due to its 2% cash rebate. Actually, Fidelity has swapped the Amex for a Visa card now and still with the 2% cash rebate. That is correct. That I don't. That was an old reference, and I apologize for that. There's also the city, uh, city double cash rewards. I think it's called. That's two percent cash back, and two percent is the gold standard on a credit card. Most I should tell you, with what the airlines have done with inflating their mileage awards, most airline cards, the captive ones issued by an airline or generating an effective reward typically of only about a penny per dollar charged, where the Fidelity card and the Citibank card are two pennies, and you don't have to worry about finding availability. You just get your cash. Howard, I mean Clark, stinks. First off, Clark, you are the man but you are way too nice. I know it's rare, but it really irks me when a caller refers to you as Howard and you don't correct them. Your show isn't the inside of a baseball dugout where it's acceptable to call people by their last name. You are Clark Howard, a radio hall of famer and are a legend. All you do is help people avoid ripoffs, spend less and save more in superhero fashion. I understand that callers are a bit nervous when talking with such a superstar, but you demand more respect. I think your wife wrote that. <laughs> Just kidding, Lane. Thank you. I, I, I'm happy for people to call me my any of my names, including my last. Howard is my first because compared to other things I've been called in my life, it's just fine. Usually, I think the advice Clark provides is very helpful, and he often offers, offers both sides of an issue. However, I was listening to a podcast, and Clark recommended to a listener that he begin to draw his pension at his regular retirement age sometime in the future. I believe the caller was five to ten years from being able to draw the pension and was being offered a lump sum payout. What Clark failed to discuss was that a pension dies with the pensioner. A lump sum payout, however, become assets of the pensioner and then the survivors if the pensioner dies. Normally, a lump sum distribution can be rolled into an individual IRA with no tax consequences and invested in good mutual funds to provide competitive returns. 
We don't know what the future holds, and a bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. Clark, rethink your advice on pension lump sum distributions, or at least offer both sides. Thank you. And that's the same issue that comes up with people who don't like the fact that I try to get people to delay taking Social Security till they're age 70 because of the embedded return for every year you wait. And people are always worried, what happens if I die before I get the first penny? And that is true, what the poster said. But my concern is always the opposite, longevity risk, that people tend to live not shorter than they expect. Statistically, people end up living longer than they might expect. And that's why what I worry about is outliving your money. The beauty of a pension is that although it may die when you die, unless you set up a survivor one, the reality is is that the money keeps going. If you live to 100, the money keeps going to 100. Howard stinks. That's how bad this one is, Clark. <laughs> Different no, person. That's so funny. Right after the other one? Uh-huh. I can't take it anymore. Clark, you continue to fail to bring up physical therapy on your show. You even have it listed on your website as a way to combat the epidemic of addiction to opioid drugs. You have it listed under new reports for best jobs in 2015, 16, and 17, yet you don't list it on the air as a great job for the future. With a growing older population, we need more physical therapists. Clark, you are the best, but you drive me crazy. I'm in doctoral school for physical therapy now, and you seem to be the only person who stresses me out more than school. Thanks for all you do, Ryan. Ryan, first of all, I got to tell you, a physical terrorist has made an enormous difference in my life. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, physical therapy, when... Uh, I haven't talked about this much on the air, but I had a bad hip three years ago, and the pain was excruciating. And it was a physical therapist, after I'd been to a number of doctors, finally a doctor threw up his hands and said, I'm going to send you to PT. Maybe they can figure out what's going on and why you have so much pain. I go to PT, and the guy changed my life. I mean, it was amazing. I wasn't able to run, wasn't able to exercise, which is so important to me. And the guy's name is Aaron. And Aaron totally got me fully functional again. And thanks to what he did in PT, I exercise every day of my life and have minimal pain from what was excruciating before, all because of PT the exercises I did, and how about that? Can you say more about a profession than it changed my life? How's that for PT, Chris? That's great. Clark, you've been talking about how to save money on razor blades for weeks, and we have had a lot of comments on it. It's a popular topic always, but you've completely missed the boat on how to really save. Stop using any kind of multi-blade cartridge and switch to a traditional double-sided safety razor. I know we've heard a similar one before. This is what he does, though. Ten cents uses... a safety razor, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. A hundred pack of a hundred. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's. I wonder if it's the same person I, uh, who did that post this last is year. Brady in Tustin, California, and he just posted it. He well, said, "I challenge you to compare this traditional safety razor setup to all of the budget multi-brand, multi-blade cartridges you've been talking about on the show, and even to name the fancy brands. This setup produces a smoother shave than any of them at a tiny, tiny fraction of the price." So it's that may work for other people. But on your radio dial, I want you to see this scar right here. You ever notice that scar on that finger, Chris? No. So that's why I don't shave with the safety razor, because for me, it was anything but safety. Okay. Listen to Clark pod- Clark's podcast and su- was surprised by his that his favorite choices are Republic Wireless and Ting. I never think those again after I saw their plans. There are dozens of MVNOs on T-Mobile and or Sprint with better prices. And then they list a bunch. I guess Clark will argue that both Republic and Ting have better customer service. I am a former Ting customer, but the, the only time I contacted their customer service was to get my pin to port out. So what I've said about uh, Ting is that for somebody who is a light volume user, Ting is a great low cost option. For high volume users, definitely... Being with Boost or um, T-Mobile's discounter, which is Metro PCS, or being with Cricket, which is the discount arm of AT&T, and I should have said Boost is the discount arm of Sprint, and Total Wireless, which is the discount version of Verizon, that any of those are outstanding. The price plans are great, but Republic is a unique kind of thing, republicwireless.com. And they seem to be great for people that are from moderate volume on up because of their unique architecture and how they handle their plans and their service. We have a 2017 guide to all cell phone plans at clark.com. One last one, obtaining your pupillary distance. My ophthalmologist after my two cataract surgeries just didn't want to give me my PD. When you answered a question about a month ago, you overlooked the most simple answer. I walked into Costco and asked them to take my pupillary distance, and they did. And they did not care if I was buying frames there or not. Of course, I bought from Zenny, the most wonderful eyeglass supplier on the planet. Well, according to Consumer Reports, they're the fifth best that Consumer that Consumer Reports says Costco, where you got your PD, is actually the best place in America now to get eyeglasses. But I'll tell you, Zenny is booming because they offer such a phenomenal product, prescription eyeglasses, at extremely cheap prices, starting at about ten dollars per pair i want to hear from you please go to clark.com and let me know if i have let you down and let's see what you can teach me so i can serve you better when you have a question for me on the clark howard show go to clark.com slash ask what you got joel clark larry wants to know how do you feel about refurbished laptops from the big box stores you know i'm not a fan of refurb laptops Uh, They are refurbed for a reason, usually. Something didn't quite go right. And I think laptops have gotten so cheap that, I mean, there are laptops available every day now in the ones or low twos, and even fancy, fancy laptops in the threes. So at that kind of price, 
Just keep it simple. Buy new, not refurb. Brenda says, what's the best way to get my FICO score without any sort of monthly obligation? Well, I can't get you your FICO score without a monthly obligation, except that many credit cards provide your credit score for free on your monthly statement, or Credit Karma will give you a FACO score. You know what a FACO score is? It's one that is not on the actual Fair Isaac scoring model, but gives you a pretty good approximation. And at Credit Karma, K-A-R-M-A.com, they give you two of your credit bureau scores for free. Clark, Mike said, I never hear you talk about TrackPhone cell phone service. What's your opinion of them? TrackPhone is generally the cheapest. It is TRAC phone, and TrackPhone is for people who are very minimal customers. You can pay for a year's service in advance. You pay very, very, very little money effectively per month being with TrackPhone, but your per-minute use, your per-data use, your per-text use is very expensive. So it's for someone who wants an extreme minimal use phone, of which there are millions of people. So TrackPhone has found a very good spot in the marketplace, and there's really nothing exactly like it. T-Mobile has something they don't promote, which is where you can pay $100 a year, and you keep your service, and you get a 1,000 minutes or text messages for the $100 and keep service for a year. TrackPhone does that same kind of stuff, but with a variety of plans that are usually 90-day or one-year plans. So absolutely, if you're looking for minimal, minimal service at a very, very low price, TrackPhone is a great thing for you to do. Sold at convenience stores, discount stores, pretty much Anywhere things are a bargain, you'll find the track phone. The folks at Podcast One want to say thank you for listening to this show. We also would like to ask a small favor of you. It'll take you less than 10 minutes, and if you're one of the first people who does it, we'll even give you something for doing it. We want you to complete a short survey for us because we need the information you give us to help make things better every day. Just go to podcastone.study and everything will be right there for you. That's podcastone.study. The first 250 people that go and complete the survey will get a $25 gift card to Restaurant.com. And there's a chance to win an additional $250 Visa gift card. All of our shows are supported by advertisers, and filling out this survey will really help us out. So please, go to podcastone.study. And thank you. Stay tuned for 60 seconds of AP News headlines right after this podcast. I'm so glad you've joined us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you being empowered with knowledge so you can improve your freedom in your life. You can have more control of your future and your present. Our web address, Clark.com. You have a question for me, Clark.com slash ask. There are several situations over the course of a year, usually connected to my TV work, where I will sit down with usually a couple, sometimes an individual, and we'll do a financial checkup. And often it involves, as you might imagine, someone who is owing too much money 
and his deficit spending. And I've been thinking a lot about what tends to work with people who just can't get their arms around where all their money goes. And there's something I've felt for about the last 15 years that only gets steadily reinforced. And that is, if you have trouble with your spending, any form of plastic is dangerous for you. Credit card, debit card, stored value card, they're all dangerous. I've never found anything as effective at getting spending under control than doing all your spending with cash. I also had a situation recently that I suggested a technique involving cash that is proving so far to be very effective for the individual involved, and that is that I've said in the past, each pay period, take out a certain amount of cash, and that cash is what you use till your next pay period for all your walking around money. But then I had a situation where it actually worked even better to say the cash should only be ones or fives because it made someone feel like they had more money, but they spent each dollar more carefully. It's all a matter of of how much you need to instill discipline in your life. There's also a belief that there are people who can't do what I talk about with taking out cash every pay period, that meeting goals and being better with money, you're not going to get it done by doing it every pay period because a lot of people get paid every two weeks or twice a month. Occasionally, there'll be somebody who gets paid once a month, but it's very common that it's, every two weeks or twice a month. And for those people, taking out a certain amount of cash weekly and living each seven days on a set amount of cash may put you on a different path than how you handle money. I know it may seem uh, quaint or antiquated, to talk about living a life financially in cash because for people who are afraid of credit cards, the debit card is the payment form of choice now. But I promise you, the debit card, because it's infinite, you know, there's there's no visual limit to it will not help you discipline your spending at all. Nothing works like cash. Richard is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Richard. Hi, Clark. You got a question about saving money in your home month after month. Is that right? Yeah. I just want to say, uh, over here, you're our hero, and we want to thank you for your service and advice. Well, you're very kind to say that. What are you thinking of doing to your home? 
Um, well, we've heard you speak about the uh, smart thermostats, and we're interested, uh, but we're not sure if it would work for us because somebody's pretty much always home, or I'm locked in the front room working from home, and wondering if you know that might be something worthwhile for us to miss, invest in. How zoned is your house? Is there only one thermostat and one unit? Yeah, just one. You would benefit very little compared to a typical household from going to a smart thermostat, which used to be a one-horse race. There used to be only one truly smart thermostat in the market, and that was the Nest, N-E-S-T. And now there are many, many competitors with the smart thermostats. But if you work from home, there's almost... Am I gathering... Let me make sure I heard you right. Richard, did you say somebody's home pretty much all 24 hours of the day, seven days a week? Yes. Yeah, so as much as I love my Nest thermostat, it would probably be a waste of money for you. I was afraid of that. <laughs> if, you, if you had a home that had uh, that was zoned and had multiple thermostats and you're spending substantial amount of the day as the only one there and you're in a home office, then using the the smart thermostats would potentially save you quite a bit of money. But in your case, one unit, one thermostat, and somebody's there 168 hours of the week, I don't see the upside to you using one of the smart thermostats. So you're like the only person. In fact, you are. Do you, you are the only person who's ever asked me about a smart thermostat since the Nest came out, I guess, four years ago, that it's never been, yes, you should get a smart thermostat. So well, that's I not going to help you. So you live in Texas. Yes. And the problem for you in Texas is the cost of air conditioning from May through October. It's a huge burden, right? Right, yep. So how well insulated is the attic of your home? Um, it's actually really a new house. We had it built, so it's really good. Not too bad, but because when I think about in your case where you could really make a difference would be making sure you're properly insulated. But if you have that done as well, I I don't know what my smart answer for you is since the smart thermostat isn't it. So I think you just maybe need to sweat a little more. <laughs> It's a way to save money, pop up that thermostat a little bit. Lisa's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Hi, Clark. I'm fine, thank you. I enjoy your show very much. Thank you. How can I be of service to you, Lisa? Okay. Um, well, my situation is is that um, I'm expecting to uh, be receiving uh, a large sum of money and I'm a single parent of, of two kids. I'm, I'm, you know, in a home. I'm a homeowner. And I, I do have some credit card debt as well. So my question to you is, would I be um, better off using this money, paying down the credit card debt, or possibly doing like half and half of half the credit card debt and then improving my credit somewhat? to refinance. Um, I just am looking for the best plan for me because... That's an interesting thought process. All right. So how much credit card debt are you carrying right now? Um, About 25. (laughs) That's a lot. 
I know. And the average interest rate on that, if you're a typical borrower, you're somewhere in double digits on an yeah. interest rate. Is that you too? Uh, yes, sir. So if you're getting enough money that you could can that 25K? Well, that's the thing. My um, support will will be ending in about two years, um, you know, the uh, spousal and, and child support. And I'd like to be able to stay in my home if I could. Okay, because the credit card debt's very worrying. Has it happened just because there's more month than money, month after month, and you and you end up um, using the credit well, cards to fill the gap? Combination? No, no, no. A combination of um, some things that kind of snuck up on me over the last um, year and a half that um, I, I guess I wasn't as conscious of uh, the amount, you know, for repairs, uh, uh, two, two cars I've had to purchase over um, the last um, couple of years from uh, a child. Okay. Because when I, you're thinking as an alternative to taking on the 25 grand in credit card debt, using the money to be able to pay down some of the balance on your mortgage and refi, is that the right. other? What's your current yeah. mortgage interest rate? Um, four point. I believe 4.35%. Yeah. So there's not much room for you to move the mortgage. So if you're thinking, I'd take this money and I'd pay down the balance on the mortgage at the time I refi, so I'd have a more affordable monthly payment. If you think about what the burden of the credit card debt is, my first instinct is you're best off taking the, the money coming in and getting rid of the financial wheeze that comes from having that much credit card debt. Right. Because your mortgage is reasonable. You can't get much better than 4.375. And then on top of it, you have all the costs involved in securing a new loan. Right, right. So, so it's more efficient to take the, the money that's coming in in the lump sum and greatly reduce the 25. How much could you take the 25 down to? All of it. Oh, that seems like a really good idea to me. <laughs> okay. Now, the problem is you could stand the danger over time that life happens and you start charging the credit cards back up. So right. I would ask you to do something very, very difficult. It's very easy for me to say. But it may be very difficult for you to do, and mm-hmm. that is put those credit cards in the deep freeze. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> you agree that that's difficult or that you should do um, it, or both? Well, b- both, honestly, but no, more so the latter. I, I strongly agree with you. I, that's exactly what I'd do. <laughs> All right, so, and, and literally, I like for people to throw their credit cards in a freezer bag with water and seal it and throw it in the freezer. <laughs> yeah and that way it, there's not that temptation because you don't have it in your purse to yank it out and use it but right, right. i would see strong value in going credit card debt free but there's something else i'd like you to do okay i'd like you to because you said you got this spigot of money that's going to shut off in short order in the next couple of years before that becomes a real issue I would like you to go sit down for a session that's normally free or extremely cheap with a counselor 
at an affiliate of the National Foundation for Credit Counseling uh-huh. and go over your overall financial picture and see what dangers they see, the counselor you meet with, what dangers the counselor may see with your finances, and what things you might do to make things healthier for your wallet. Okay. The website is nfcc.org. NFCC? Yeah, nfcc.org. So now we said it three times. I've heard that people need to hear it eight times before they make the appointment. <laughs> so now okay. we've got three of the eight in. And okay. so going to sit down and talk to somebody when you're not in crisis, yeah. but you know there could be clouds on the horizon, is really good to do. I sure will. And maybe even go meet with somebody before you pull the trigger on what I would do, which is to wipe out the credit card debt. The counselor may have a completely different strategy they think you should pursue and looking at your overall picture. But best to you, and I'm glad you're getting your arms around it. Anne is with us. Hello, Anne. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you. Anne, how can I be of service to you today? Well, my husband and I are wanting to take a cruise to Alaska for our 50th wedding anniversary. Five zero? Fifty. Wow. Congratulations to you. Thank you. We think it's special. So you sound so young. You got married when you were like three years old or something? Right. (laughs) About 20. I'm just about ready to turn 70. Wow. How neat. Well, how can I be of help to you? This is a very exciting occasion. It is. We were wondering which cruise line might have the highest customer satisfaction. We've been on several cruises, and some have been really good. The first one we took was just superb, and we just wonder about going to Alaska. What cruise line might be the best for customer satisfaction? Well, first, let me ask you, what month are you planning to go to Alaska? June or July next year. Okay. I will tell you, I recommend that if you can... Go early June, not July. Okay. The weather will not be as good in June as July, but you'll get a better deal likely on the the cruise in June. And there's a website that you can go to called Cruise Critic. Okay. And there are 25 different cruises in June of next year. And uh-huh. you can go to, there. there's a little search box over on the right, and you can put in Alaska is where you want to go, that you're interested mm-hmm. in June of 2016, and it will show you, based on reviews, like I'm looking, the first cruise that pops up, there have been 447 reviews of it, and wow. 84% liked it. And you go through, here's another one to get 85% likes, and there's one that gets 60-something percent likes. But, you know, the funny thing is, is that with cruises, people overwhelmingly seem to enjoy them. But there are some that come out top of the heap. That's kind of what we found. And one of the things that that I find interesting looking at the ratings is that it's not the cruise line that matters. When you look at the reviews, it's the individual ship. So even with the same company... One cruise gets much higher ratings than another from the same exact company. Oh, okay. So I would tell you that don't just, I would start with the ones that get the absolute highest satisfaction numbers on Cruise Critic, 
but okay. then go a step further and read the reviews to All see right. if the things that people really like or don't like about that particular cruise, how they fit with how you enjoy travel and what you're hoping to get from this experience. Great. Sounds really good. Something that I find particularly fascinating, one of the very, very expensive cruise lines has uh-huh. the lowest satisfaction score on the cruise critic survey of Alaska Cruises. And my guess, and it's only a guess because it's such a high-end cruise line, is maybe people expect much more from that cruise line right. in terms of what they would get, and they didn't feel it was delivered by that cruise line and that ship. But I think you'll, you'll really be able to zero in and narrow in on what's going to make that 50th anniversary cruise a great, great experience. Thanks for listening to the Clark Howard Podcast. Download new episodes every Monday through Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. I'm John Horn. I'm the host of Geffen Playhouse Unscripted. I'm here with our very first guest, Rain Wilson. Hi, John. It looks like I'm the first guest on the Geffen Unclothed. Unscripted. Unscripted. Yeah, let's go with that. A marriage made in heaven, I guess. Or Westwood. Tune in for some of our exciting upcoming guests. David Copperfield, Neil LaBute, Neil Patrick Harris, Josh Gad, Rita Wilson, and many more. Be sure to download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app and on iTunes. And don't forget to rate, review, and share. And, and I'm Rain Wilson, the first guest. You are no, the very this, first guest. This was a huge uh, mistake. Geffen Playhouse Unscripted. Huge mistake. What we're learning about the Manchester bomber. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. The father of the alleged Manchester suicide bomber says his son didn't do it. We don't believe in killing innocents, he told the AP. But the father reportedly was a member of an al-Qaeda-backed group in Libya years ago. That, according to a former Libyan security official. Meanwhile, police have carried out raids on a block of apartments in Manchester. Witnesses say they heard explosions. Alan Kinsey was a neighbour of the alleged bomber. The actual family that had been there, I'd, I'd never really come across them in bad ways. It was always, even when I said hello, they never seemed to speak back to you. He was just like, kept themselves to themselves and that was about it. The British putting more military troops on the streets now as police say it's clear this is a network they're investigating. President Trump has arrived in Brussels for NATO meetings after a visit this morning with the Pope at the Vatican. I'm Rita Foley.